Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Your coach, your guide on the side, as my little sidekick Skyboy likes to say. And uh, we're doing what we can to give you a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Thanks, Mom. That was great. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Today we got a great show for you. Uh, this was a topic um, submitted by our very own Skyboy Hansen. It's all about shopping today, folks. Has shopping uh, got the best of you? Has it just put its tight little hand around your neck, and is it just squeezing you to death? When, when your loved one says, hey, let's go shopping, do you think, ah, oh, boy, I don't want to. I'd rather die. Or do you think, yippee, and you get in the car? Sky. Well, I don't have a loved one. Hold on. Actually, on the show yesterday, we talked about a loved one that you had that you lost. Yesterday was Sunday. We didn't talk about that. That's what I meant. Well, last week. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. I never went shopping with her. You've never gone shopping with a girl. Like I, you, I have gone shopping with a girl. And so when she says, Sky, let's go shopping. Do you say, yippee. It depends on what for what. Because according to a recent study, um, you're supposed to wear heels when you go shopping. Guys? Apparently. Guys are not ever supposed to wear heels under any circumstance. I know. Whatsoever. And I've been telling you that forever and you still wear them. So, Merritt, step in on this. Are guys supposed to wear heels when they go shopping? There are some other options. <laughs> but, Matt, if you want to wear heels, that well, is your I thought choice. that was the research. No, no. The research is is that when customers are experiencing a heightened sense of balance, they're more likely to weigh the options and go with a product that falls between like high and low scales. So it's like enough quality but a cheap enough price. So my physical balance has something mm-hmm. to do with what I buy? That yep. seems wrong. That's what this is saying. So, for example, it's saying that um, for a TV, people who are more balanced – physically, are more likely to go with the 42-inch TV for 450 rather than the 332-inch set. Okay, you know why. Yeah, it goes. It's because they don't want to carry it out in heels. You know? Or out of balance. Usually, I just don't want to walk in heels, but I do anyway. Yeah. So. Why? why? I don't understand why girls wear heels. somebody told me one time that a lady It's for shopping. You know? I don't know. But so if I'm wearing heels, I guess that makes me better balanced. Yeah. But they, there are other so options. So I would shop So for better. example, if you were leaning back on your chair uh-huh. and so you're like the front legs of the chair weren't on the ground, yeah. that will make you – so while you're shopping online, you could do that because oh, you have to focus on your balance more. They also say playing oh, – this one is so unrealistic. It well, made me laugh yeah. really hard. Ready? Playing a Wii Fit game while simultaneously answering questions about product choices will improve your consumer so, balance. <laughs> That was doing – that was in the study. Yeah. So if you're worried about your balance and so you're in a precarious position where you need to balance, you're more likely to choose balanced options in your shopping yes. behaviors. Skateboarders so, never pay full price for anything. <laughs> this true. is my favorite though. is just to stand on one foot because you can do that very discreetly and you don't have to walk around wearing heels. You're not really discreetly. Yeah, you I mean just kind of – 
Wait, are you talking just lifting your leg off the ground a little bit, or are you talking like a full out? Like no, I'm talking like grab my foot and lift it over my yeah, head. Yeah, you're standing there, you're holding the foot behind it's, your back. I don't know what they call that in dance, but that's down, what I mean by that. Trying not to fall over. Yeah. I mean, that's... No, but like, if you just lift it a few inches off the ground, that'll also keep you from falling asleep. I like that tip. You know what? This just seems like voodoo magic. Yeah, wait. So I'm confused. Magic. Wearing heels or shopping on one foot makes us shop better? Yes. It because... Says, yeah, because... Balance. They say that the the authors of this study say that you should be aware of how physical forces can change the way we think about things. So, I mean, if you're really comfortable, if you're feeling really comfortable, yeah. you're probably more likely to go oh. with something that will make you... More, more comfortable, more happy. Okay, you know? can I? Because you know agree. when you're like really crabby and you go into the grocery store and you're like, I hate the world, yeah. but I need milk. You just go in and That's you it. get milk and you get out. Or when you're yeah. hungry, you end up buying. And then when you're just hungry, about everything. you buy like everything yeah. at the store. See, so you're and then you, you go home and find out you have like three jars of peanut butter. To improve your shopping, only wear one heel. <laughs> well, I've got two. I can't just take one off. On my shoe, oh, can. even the car. Because uh, this is what I do. I personally, I don't know about you guys. I would rather take a bullet in my head than go shopping. I can't stand it. Anybody else with me? <clears throat> Did, on, I, on, on many, really, many, many things, I'm with you. So I'll spend all day shopping. All I needed is a shirt and a jacket, and it'll take me two hours. Okay. Hate it. As a, a woman. Yes. I probably do like shopping more than the average guy, but I lose focus really quickly. Have you so, tried the leg one leg thing? No, I haven't. I'm going to try that next time. Grab your ankle, throw it over your head. I can't do that physically speaking. I'm I not can. that flexible. But Will. no. So what I find is that I go in and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, because I usually go with friends and then you find you're like. Because I wouldn't go shopping otherwise. Anyway, but you're, you're with friends and you're like looking through X and you're like, this is really fun. And then at like 15 minutes hit, I'm like, I'm done. This is boring. And if yeah. I don't find anything within those first 15 no. minutes, then See, I don't do it. I'm so consequently, it's like I do lots of 15-minute shopping trips. Oh, do you? Yeah, I'll just so like, walk in and into a store and it's like if I don't find what I want in those 15 minutes, then it won't happen. See, I oh, I like that idea because I go in and then I'm, I kind of second-guess myself and then I've got to check all the discount racks because I want a deal. And um, I only check the discount racks. But then I get exhausted because I then I have too many options and then it's taking too long and then I'm tired. Then I just end up buying it all and I figure I'll take something back. You should like take granola bars next time. And an iPod, and you can like listen well, to music. Probably that's not a bad idea. I also, I guess, I need support hose, <laughs> and I don't know a walker because it's my feet that end up hurting. That's why I, the idea of wearing heels to go shopping kills me, and even worse, shopping for my wife because I don't. I at least know what would look good on me, but on her. Don't you have a daughter? Isn't that what they're I do. for? I end up calling her and I've taking spent pictures. Every Christmas since I was eight years old. Shopping with my dad. Do you really? Oh, yes. that's nice. And I you. wrap all of the presents afterward. See, that's cute. Why don't you just do it online, Matt? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. They probably no, that could would be, even well, online. Could. They could even tell you. Yeah, then, I know. Oh, that actually see, might not be This is what you do. You have the Amazon box sent to your office. She doesn't even have to know you bought it online. I actually wouldn't even care <laughs> because here's my problem. I The only way – I'm visual, so online may actually help me. But I only can buy my wife something that's on a mannequin. Because then I know that ought to look good on her. And then I'm always sizing up the mannequin and then the store security comes around. They're like, <laughs> sir, can you step away from the mannequin? And I'm like, I'm just trying to see if this is my wife's size. 
And then I'm like, that'll work. That'll work. And then I take it home to her and I'm so excited. And then boom, she takes it back because she's not the size of a mannequin apparently. Shopping, I don't even like it, but apparently a lot of people are spending money and going into major debt shopping, okay, so I don't get it. Get this, though. More often now, in the past few years, men are more often to shop like women do. So there have been some studies shown that men now will shop for emotional reasons. No, really? Yeah. Why? They didn't used to, but now they do. So they go shop for yeah. emotional reasons. I think, I mean, there's a lot to do with just gender equality. Yeah, for which sure. Is, you well, know, let's just go eat Guys can look nice. Yeah. But here's the other thing is that I think this is my perspective. This is not studied. Is that now that guys are getting more pressure to have a certain body type, yeah. then they're more worried about their body. And a lot of the things that I've looked at have suggested that some of the reason men shop more often and they'll buy things more compulsively is because they don't feel good about their body. So you buy a new shirt and then you feel good or you buy a shirt that's too small and you have to work to be in it. So it's kind of this whole thing, but that used to just be kind of only women would do it. But now I have a friend. um, He's married now, but before he was married, when he was dating, when he was dating, not married and he was dating girls, whenever he would go through a breakup, he'd buy a new guitar. To make really? himself happier. Ouch, that one's pretty. He has a garage full of guitars. <laughs> Did he... he has a lot of guitars. So he's dated a lot. Yeah. He needs a he needs to buy all the instruments. Right? Well, he's Everybody a... needs like a little box drum thing. What do they call those? Cajon. A cajon. Or they need a little, you know, shaker or juice harp. A juice harp. <laughs> Everyone you need all the instruments. So just tell him to rotate his I mean that's just coming from the relationship expert. Just tell him that from Matt. Uh, you got some more research about school. I mean, about shopping, kids shopping. That's a big deal. My wife. I honestly don't go with my kids to go do their school shopping. It's, I can't do it. I don't have it in me. No. This isn't where I want equality with women. <laughs> this isn't where I want it. You know, I, I, heard, I want it everywhere. I but heard here. we can because I I agree. I don't like shopping, but the shopping I hate the most is grocery shopping. And I found out you can do your grocery shopping, or they're working towards doing grocery shopping on Amazon. Yeah, and like they'll ship it to you or something. I grocery no, shopping. No, I like grocery fun. shopping. You, you like do? grocery? No, because you go in and you get food, and food is a good thing. Amen. Usually, <laughs> okay. Well, see, to put that in perspective, I usually only go grocery shopping when the only thing I have in my fridge is like half a lemon <laughs> and maybe some few a few weeks. Yeah, so that's herbs. easy because like, you it. need everything. Yeah, because then I need everything, and I just go through. Yeah. And you do just you, have, you have to get a system. Now do you get weirded stuff. out by like? Costco, when you go to Costco or anywhere where they have the people that do the samples, well, how does that no, weird that's you brilliant. out? <laughs> I, you're walking down the aisle. At the end of the aisle is the little lady in the hairnet thing. You know there's a moment where you're going to have to like, hey, I guess you owe me something here. I mean, and she's like, would you like to try? Yes. You've known you were going to try it the whole row. Yeah. But then you pretend to shop, but you're really trying to get to the lady. And then you don't want to look like you're <laughs> eager. <laughs> it just creates like anxiety for me. Like, <sighs> so I don't want to look eager. I don't want to look food. like I'm not interested. And then after you eat it, you've got you to want, say something. You want more though. Yeah, but See, you're that's like. that's my dilemma. No, I always have to no, figure no, out okay, how wait, can I Matt, come back and get more. Yeah. Here is your strategy. Ready? What? You guys listen. You go grab two. 
I've never actually done this. I just came up with it right now. <laughs> Go grab two and pretend that you're taking it to somebody across the store. So you lie. Yeah. So to you, what? No, you don't lie. Oh, grab this two. is what you do. You just you pick up two and then you look over and pretend you see someone and Here's like Stacey. and be like like point to it. Yeah. Like do you, you want, want it? one two <laughs> And then you take two or three. Oh, does Jimmy want one? <laughs> and then Jimmy gets one. How about Celeste and Bianca? Yeah, and then you just walk off in that direction. But that you obviously so can't talk to the person up. there because – Well, and then you're like, oh, you're yeah, taking give, things give me two boxes of them. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, all you wanted was a treat. You mean, <laughs> I got to have a treat. You have to make sure you take it more than one aisle over because it is awkward. The shelves aren't soundproof when you're yeah. – nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Isn't that – does anyone else feel that? Because I feel like social pressure with these people. I just get excited, but I am a starving student. And so. then you just – yeah, I just think that's weird. I really think it's <laughs> You weird. should try my strategy. I feel really proud of it right now. Yeah. Well, I can't believe you're that deceptive. <laughs> Stacey. Um, so this is the problem because you feel obligated to the cute little lady in the hairnet. And now you're like, sure, give me two. And then you go around the corner and then your kids are like, I want – and then all of a sudden <laughs> your kids are filling up your your cart. <sighs> no wonder we're all going in debt because shopping is hard. Do you buy that? I hate the people in the mall. Don't hate people. That have their little – they have a little booth and they try to sell you like weight loss. You, you want to buy a cell phone? <laughs> yeah, I've already got one. Thanks. I remember one time I was going through and they grabbed me. And started doing my nails. The, yeah, the nail people. I no, can't stand they did that to me. I was there for like an hour. <laughs> they and did they, that to they me. They brought out their manager. Yeah. Then they brought out the owner, and they're like, yeah. "Okay, here's I've, the here's I've, the nail before. Here's the nail after." Which I've nail never do done this before, but yeah. I'm going to give you the owner discount. You you will never get a better deal for this. Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a mom? Do you have sisters? They need this yeah. product. Do you know the answer is <laughs> no. I have I no, no women in my time. life. Yeah, all the women in my life died. And then my, my my one nail was like really shiny for this the next is, month. So. <laughs> Again, though, this is why when you go out into public, you always have your headphones in and yeah. your phone handy. Because then when you're walking by I did them, that. That, I you just, just did that. pre and pull out your phone and like yeah. start texting or like pretend you're answering a call. Right. Or and they don't. You can look them in the eye and just say no. I'm pretty good at. I, I know, but that's I do rude. That. Yeah. No, so it's you don't not. Hurt it's, them. it's business. It's true. now in real life. If if I'm at their house and they say. Oh, uh, would you like a you know glass of milk? You say, oh, that's that's nice, thank you. You know, even if you're not really, but when they're wanting your yeah, money, it's no. a game changer. No, you have to look them you, in the Rob, eyes, different, like because... Jack Welch, and say, no, no deal. No, but see, I, I, in fact, I would pay money right now to take you down to the nail lady because <laughs> what she <laughs> does so hard to get away from the nail lady. Look at if Skyboy can't get away from the nail lady when she looked at my nails, she's like, oh, <laughs> boy, uh, whatever, but. Um, she said – she's holding your hand, Robbie. This beautiful <laughs> woman is holding your hand. You just go yoink. And just, yeah, yoink. Yoink. <laughs> okay. Don't yoink. <laughs> but she's holding your hand and she's shining you up and she's buffing and she's shining your hand. And, all, and, and you're like going to sing – and she's asking you questions. Do you know people? Nope. Now give a, me my hand back. Do you have a mother? Nope. Give me my but hand. In back. a weird way, it's almost like I think she likes me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's just you. <laughs> yeah, I probably ought not go to the mall. <laughs> we were we went to the mall and I, I'm a guy I'm a guy that wants a discount. That's just my middle name, discount. And I bought a drink, a beverage <laughs> in um in the mall and they're like 
Do you work in the mall? Because I guess they get free drinks oh. or free refills or something. I'm like, uh. well, I, mean, I guess it depends what you mean by, <laughs> by work. working in the mall. I'm Christmas work. shopping right now, and yeah, that feels like, it's like a, job. a lot of work. Like, like, are you employed in the mall? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm security. <laughs> okay, that is way worse than my. Yeah. Day I think that's two called samples, stealing. But... I didn't do that. Oh, but I was okay. this close to this close. Okay. So I'm showing. I'm showing about three inches. I'm <laughs> doing that when I just held my hand up. Okay, mall shopping. People pushing door to door. Are you spending too much money? Are you getting too caught up in the psychology of shopping? We're talking today how to not get blown over in the psychology of your shopping habits. We're going to be talking to an expert who's going to talk us about compulsive talk to us about compulsive buying. Do you have spending habits you need to get control of? How do you manage a budget? We're talking about it all. This is the Matt Townsend show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Again, today we're talking about your shopping habits. Do you fall prey to the great work of the marketing world? Do they Are they running you like a dog on a leash, taking you where they want to take you, taking your money from you? You know, marketers can be very savvy. They also can make some pretty big mistakes. Is that right, Colonel Sanders? Oh, Yes. You've been doing some research, apparently. Well, big names, too, like oh, not just marketers, but Oprah. Oprah, Oprah doesn't make mistakes. Oh, she does sometimes. <laughs> so what kind of mistake could could they be making? Well, I'm thinking, for instance, do you remember back in 2009 when she decided to uh, partner with KFC for the uh, chicken giveaway? Yeah. What was wrong with that? Everyone loves chicken. Oprah's too powerful. Because they, they they thought what possibly could be the success you know success rate on that uh, hundreds of thousands maybe a few millions. Oh, did uh, she give, she gave away like a free thing of chicken or something? So KFC had a new grilled chicken. They're yeah. trying to get away yeah. from the fried image and right. tap a different audience. And so they uh, partnered with Oprah, and Oprah said on her show, "Come to my website, and you can print out a coupon." For two free, uh, two-piece chicken dinner meal, one yeah. one for everybody who wants to print one out, and the idea was they'd have a way of locking it down to you, so you could only print a single coupon. But then there was a server problem, so they just put a generic coupon up that everybody, including me, printed out. In fact, I printed about six. Oh no way! And so they knew that people like me were doing that. They were taking these coupons to yeah. their friends and family, See, saying, "Hey, you ruined it for the rest of the people." Well, I. Along with uh, ten million other people. See, but this that, is, that was the, this the, the, is the us literal turnout. That's we're getting back. We're, we got free chicken. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get back. I just thought, hey, this is great. I should take some friends, you know, and print the coupon out. Did you go on a date? I would have now. Okay, but back then, and it was it was very bad. If you were one of the people who remember getting the coupon, there were lines. They ran out. It was a yeah. big problem. So they had to shut the campaign down. And start all over again, but it just... Oh, man. Okay, that's it, cool. So that's oh, an ad gone bad. That's an ad in the trash. Ad gone bad. I kind of wanted that to happen again, like preferably this week. Yeah, are you looking for food? 
Always. You're I... about to leave and go to a really impressive concert. Yes. All dolled up in your black dress. Yes. And you need a free meal. I know. Yeah. Because I spent all my money on the concert ticket. I was telling you, you can get a Hot Pocket in the uh, kitchen just for probably a buck. You know, I feel like those, those the ones in the vending machine, you mean? Yeah. The ones in yeah. the microwave. I feel like I'm going to get like cancer from them or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, not because I know, like, because <laughs> cancer maybe is farther down the line. Yeah. But like, in the very least, I probably won't be able to sleep. Tonight. You know what? Just, Let me tell you, it's not worth it. That's sad. What you could do? There's a, there's two refrigerators in there full of food. Kate, you know what? I brought a string cheese and that's some not, tortilla chips. I know that's not going to cut it. Go in there. <laughs> there's two refrigerators full of food. Take what you want. Take what I want. I think that's called the break room fridge. Okay. Yeah, so. I think those are where people keep their own food, like their personal oh. stash. Well, it's it seems free because no one's <laughs> ever said Matt anything. Takes- <laughs> that's where my sandwich went. <laughs> yeah. You got any more ads that Number are bad? Two. Bad ads. Okay. Uh, Turner Broadcasting has, uh, I believe it's Cartoon Network. So they uh, have a show on there, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and decided a great guerrilla marketing campaign would be to build these little boards that were two feet by two feet. You just wire a battery and some LED lights on there. So it's in the shape of one of the characters on the show. Sure. And then they're magnetic so they can stick them on stuff. Okay. And uh, the uh, problem is it's kind of like a light bright. Yeah. What could be a problem with giving light brights? Well, light, and a light bright has a nice finished package to it. These they just built cheap. There's exposed wires and yeah, batteries. Cheap light and they stuck them all over Boston, Interstate 93, downtown. Well, what, what could go wrong there? That well, the, sounds cute. That sounds like Christmas. It sounds really Christmassy, really bright yeah. and light. The problem is LEDs and wires look like IEDs with wires. Bombs. So now everyone – when was this? Uh, 2007. That's a lot of potential bombs. If I I saw that, I'd be freaking out. Yeah, you'd be like, what's going on here? Why are there bombs everywhere? So savvy Bostonian drivers called police who shut down the freeway. Then they found them all over downtown Boston, shut down parts of downtown Boston. So the Cartoon Network shut down Boston. Pretty much. In the end, it cost Turner Broadcasting $2 million in settlements. Ah, they've got it. They've got it. In the trash. Bad ad. That's a bad ad. <laughs> now, computers can do it too. Oh, yeah. For instance, this article here from a health and wellness publication talks about, and I don't know how you pronounce this, anadiaphobia, but the fear that you are being watched by a duck. Oh, yeah. An article about people who have a serious problem. With I have that. The fear of being watched <laughs> by a duck. The end page ad banner, Aflac. <laughs> Aflac. Complete with a picture of a duck. The Aflac ad was on the article. Oh, That's that fantastic. is. fantastic. And, and that can happen where it's like I, I'm on a website where I, I've already purchased a Honda and I'm getting advice for Honda owners. Yeah. All the ad banners are trying to convince me to buy a Honda because it's just a computer and yeah. it sees the word Honda in well, there enough times. My favorite is I've gone on some – for prep for the show, actually. We've done shows on body image and, yeah. you know, like self-confidence and stuff. And when you go and read some blogs on body image and then all along the sides, There's they're like, weight, weight loss. loss. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, you I don't know. Are you like, this is just so <laughs> unproductive. I'm such a loser. I know. I can't take it anymore. A Yahoo Health article about coffee might trigger your first heart attack. Brought to you by Folgers. Are you kidding? <laughs> 
And then sometimes yes, we could put you in the ground. Sometimes there's just human mistakes. For instance, this beautiful kitten calendar oh, here, kitty, sponsored kitty. by Victory Meat Market. <laughs> or this Hardy's uh, employment flyer that says people are the key ingredient at Hardy's. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> that's that's uh, Ooh. That's unfortunate. Oh, that's, um, you know, uh, you start to get a little less professional where maybe it's uh, nobody's fault. It's just the way they scheduled the billboards on the left-hand side. One in three people in Louisiana will die from heart disease next to a Burger King croissant, which two for three <laughs> add. <laughs> what up? Yeah. It's this like they're rest- not thinking about us. <laughs> uh, restaurant slash gas station at a truck stop trying to advertise that kids can eat free with this banner that says, kids with gas eat free. Oh, <laughs> Ads gone bad. A, a seafood restaurant, fish and chips with fries. And finally, the Braille Superstore, thousands of Braille pot, products, many of which you've never seen before. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's like they don't even think about us in these ads. Hmm. Maybe they don't. We are talking about your purchasing habits. Are you a, are you a very effective shopper? We've got some great guests coming up that are going to educate us. Dr. Ryan T. Howell will be joining us, giving us the tools to understand our purchasing habits a little bit better. We're going to take a break. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here. Today, uh, we are talking about money and your spending habits. You know, sometimes there's a lot going on with your own spending that you don't even know is happening. Some of us uh, have some subtle habits that uh, we may not even know are acting on us until we get the credit card bill. So we wanted to talk to an expert about it and uh, get, get a deeper look into our own spending habits. We've asked Dr. Ryan T. Howell to join us. He's an associate professor of psychology at San Francisco State University, and he's a co-founder of the of the website beyondthepurchase.org. That is a website that you have got to go check out, beyondthepurchase.org. When you go to that site, you'll be able to take uh, a bunch of assessments to help you figure out some of your spending habits. Your personality, your values, and, and basically, I think, just deeper views of how you handle money, some of your deeper thoughts about how you process um, and, and seek happiness through some of those purchases and things like that. So, Dr. Howell, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It really is. Uh, I think, I mean, we live in this world where we know we're spending money like crazy, debt's skyrocketing, a lot of people are upside down. Uh, we, we, we found out uh, about your work um, on the website Psychology Today on the blog where you've, you've written some articles there, and we're, I'm just so impressed. So, so welcome, and, and as we get into this, you know better than I think anyone. What, what are the most common problems that you're seeing with people and their spending habits? I think one of the things you touched on in the beginning that surprised us um, when we started doing this research about 10 years ago was really how hesitant people are to even talk about money, um, how they try and avoid knowing about their own sort of you know, um, 
the bills that they're having, right. the choices that they're making. Uh, you know, one of the things that always surprised me, uh, we were doing some research a long time ago, and I was advising this one student on, on, a, on a survey that she was developing on sexual self-esteem. And it asked a lot of questions that I don't think we'd want to repeat on the yeah, air. Yeah, we don't want anyone to know. Yeah. No. And I was amazed at how open and honest people were and were talking about different types of things. And then we had another survey, almost the exact same time, about the types of ways that people were spending their money. Hmm. And people felt uncomfortable. <laughs> and people... I'm not going to talk about that. Like, Isn't that weird? It's kind of... It's, it, yeah, I... It's like it's the new taboo. Strange. It's the old taboo, but it's it seems like it it's even more taboo than our sexual habits. Yes, and that really shocked me. And I mean, I'm not talking about really delving into, you know, with yeah. my finger wagging at you about yeah. if you are buying certain types of things. A lot of times we're just asking some very pointed questions about the way people choose to spend their money um, very descriptively, whereas some of these other questions we were asking, uh, not so descriptive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was one of the first things that we, that we, we realized. And, and then if you start to look at some of the literature, um, we had one of our students very early on look at how couples talk about their own money management um, and put them in a situation where they had to have conversations about how they're going to manage the money. So these were, these were new couples that were, were committed. Yeah. Um, and so you know, they, were, they typically didn't have you know, their, their accounts joined and things like that. And uh, they got into heated arguments. Um, <laughs> it's real. I... I I, I kind of I, I hope no one broke up. Yeah, you you, um, you may have caused some divorces or something. What is your I, deal? You know, I know I'm not a, not a happy guy for some reason. But I think that that's, that really was one of the most interesting things to us in the beginning was we started this whole process trying to look at how people spend their money, and we thought that often they had a really good working knowledge of how they were spending their money, and they would be willing to talk about it. And those were two things that that were not the case. Um, and then I think that has ripple effects, right? Yeah. Uh, you, so you're, you, you run up a big credit card bill. Maybe you kind of know it. Maybe you don't. The credit card bill comes in. We call this the ostrich effect, right? Yeah. You feel so much negative anxiety, you can't even face that problem. And so you have this momentary relief in that anxiety by putting the bill in a drawer or something, mm-hmm. um, out of sight, out of mind. And then, of course, the creditors, they don't, they don't think that's a, the best way to pay them. So oh, wow. you know, then you get into you get into these worst situations, and that's I think one of the really interesting things, which is why actually we we developed the website, which is to try and give people feedback. We, we hope you know it's not just feedback. We we, we do hope that the website's fun. Yeah. Uh, we do we do try we do have an emphasis here on on trying to keep things informative and yet also light at the same time. Mm. Um, but to try and give people a place where you can sort of sit down and say, okay. What are some of the decisions I'm making? And um, a lot, I mean, actually all this, the scales on there are, are things that we typically use in psychological research anyway. And the other thing that we learned early on that I was surprised by was we would give people, you know, these batteries of questions, and they would come back and tell us, I didn't really like that, but I learned a lot about myself. Oh, yeah. um, and so I, I, I wondered if, you know, maybe more than we were expecting, there was a huge knowledge gap. Um, people were going through their lives. You've got the tyranny of the urgent. Yeah. You know, you've got things you've got to do, and you're just not really thinking a whole lot about your finances. Um, and, of course, you know, it is, I mean, not to go back to, to the other study, but it is one of the major stressors in life. And obviously uh, is one of the best predictors of, of people breaking up is not being able to agree on how they should spend their money.
Well, and let alone, um, how could we agree when we don't even necessarily have like a philosophy or even a clear yeah. working knowledge? It's like, it's what are you agreeing on when you don't even know what it's about yeah, you, or what you believe? Yeah, you have no structure. People haven't had conversations about um, what they what, what they value. And I, and I don't know where this, and I've talked to some friends of mine who, who say, sort of, you know, so we hear a lot about cultural psychology and, and often... We, we don't think much about, like, the American culture. Right. And, and there is, obviously, an American culture. The Protestant work ethic has a, uh, you know, has a sort of ability to, to penetrate us mm-hmm. um, just by, by living here. And one of the things that, that I found really interesting is, you know, people can be very defensive, even when you're just trying to, you know, gather information. In my own life, I think I feel like this, and I study this all the time. Right. You know, my, my, my wife is the person who handles the money in the house. And she's, um, and I get, you know, a certain amount of cash per week, so I don't you know, overspend. And uh, one time she was just trying to, like, keep the books straight, and she's like, did I give you a 20? And I just sort of felt this defensiveness, like, Don't question money. me. <laughs> yeah. And I started, so I wonder, you know, when people are not in the throes of all this, a lot of times they're, they're really unaware of these types of mechanisms. And one of the things that my students and I have been talking a lot about is how powerful it is to know about the process. Right. You know, one of the wonderful things about psychology, I think, is that we give people an understanding of what's happening. Like you mentioned this, there's a lot of implicit stuff that's coming in, there's information that's coming in. You don't exactly know why your behavior occurs. That can be very confusing and frustrating. And, And being able to learn those things gives you this power to start making changes. I think it's, uh, long overdue. It's almost like amazing. How far – and I, I guess part of this is because the tail's wagging the dog in a way. It almost seems like right. you know, the salespeople are selling it and none of us are actually up to par. And uh, mm-hmm. so, so a little education seems like it will go a very long way. Do, did you mm-hmm. notice in your research, do, do the habits um, of, of kind of how we understand money, I guess that then directly impacts how we shop as well? Right. Uh, or, and I think also understanding – yeah, I mean, so if you understand a little bit more about um, your, your daily habits, um, and even, you know, if you just have certain types of behaviors like tracking behaviors. Um, so my student, who was actually, you know, the co-author of, of the paper um, that we just published on compulsive buying and materialism, um, noticed, and he, he was actually a financial advisor, and noticed that he had such a hard time getting people just to try. I mean, he was like, I don't, I'm not making any judgments over you. I just want you to write down what you spend so I can know where your money is going so I can help advise you. And so I think a lot of times what we would find is that when people started to track their money, there's something about the, the emotional buy high that's dampened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It becomes this really cognitive process. And so sometimes people would rather have, you know, ignorant bliss. Yeah. Then structured, you know, well being, thinking of it that way. Well, and it almost Um, takes discipline, too, right? I mean, you've got to actually remember to write that down. So maybe subconsciously your mind's like, eh, just keep moving. Mm. Don't write that down. Yeah, I think think we don't like to write it down. And, and, you know, I certainly have had a few friends who are on Weight Watchers who have sort of passed this by because, you know, Weight Watchers has made an entire industry out of tracking a similar type of your, your calories, right, as opposed to how you're spending your money. Yeah. And my, my friends who are on Weight Watchers tend to tell me that um, it makes eating different when they have to write, even if you were, oh, yeah. quote, given unlimited points. And so I think it's the same type of thing. It just changes the emotional experience that we have. Yeah. So as soon as you have this awareness 
um, then you see huge changes. Yeah. Um, you may say, well, I could get those couches, but if I actually were to tell you they're not going to make you happier, and, you know, you may still buy them, but um, at least now you have some sort of, you know, better understanding of what's going to happen versus, you know, all of the sort of sell pressures and you know, marketers, they're, they're very good at what they do. Right. They're very good at showing you you have a hole in your life um, that will be filled wonderfully by their product. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? It, it, it's really like lambs to the slaughter mm-hmm. because if we don't yeah. have some information or the ability to track it or a desire to track it and a knowledge or – no, I mean it all kind of starts to add up. And honestly, to the marketer, we must look fairly – Easy as a target. Like, we're easy, we're easy prey. You're going to keep walking in front of me? You know I'm in a hunting blind, right? I can take you out whenever <laughs> right. I want to. Right. We just keep walking by. Right. Did you yeah. sense a difference um, between the genders, between the, the motivations and how men and women approach the money different? It seems like that seems to to come up in some of the fights I see with the couples I work with. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly there are um, – we have one study that's up on Beyond the Purchase, which categorizes, pe- categorizes people into tightwads and spinthrifts. Mm. Uh, so, you know, tightwads are people who tight with their money. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they experience a psychological pain of pain, right? And there is actually a painful process that they have to go through just to, to have their money extracted from their fingers. <laughs> um, and then spinthrifts, of course, uh, don't experience probably enough pain of pain, right? So, you know, they're, <laughs> right. They could, they could, they're due to have a little pain. And um, not too, uh, unfortunately, maybe, or surprisingly or whatever, um, men are more tightwad and women are more spinthrifts. Really? And Yes. And I think what happens a lot of times is if you're, um, you know, and um, if you actually look at the literature on tightwad and spinthrifts, what you'll notice is that couples who are just a little bit on the other side, you know, so if you're just a little bit of a tightwad yeah. and she's a little bit of a spinthrift, that's pretty good. Right. Okay. Um, that's not that's not a bad thing, but what you see often is that people will be you have this sort of opposite attract, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I think what happens is you have this hope that the person you're with will you know sort of help pull out of you know the sort of best out of you, right? So I'm a real I'm not a tightwad, but anyway, I'm tonight for this example. Yeah. I'm a big tightwad, and then you know I marry someone who's a spendthrift, hoping that she'll make me more fun and, and it's not I can't. Yeah, no. You know, it'd be better for it'd be better for two tightwads to be together and then just not spend any of their money. <laughs> two spinthrifts, I don't know, they're gonna that's gonna be a mess too. But um Hey, yeah, I, I learned a good lesson, Doc. You tell me if this is true. because um, I once yeah. made the mistake of calling my wife a tightwad. And yeah. uh yeah. her head spun all the way around. Yeah. It was pretty scary. She's like I'm not yeah, a th- I'm not a tightwad. I'm just careful. I'm like I yeah. think yeah, I think what well, see, so you can take her to the website. Yeah, then now I'm going to take her. Now we're going to validate it. I'm, it's not me, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 you know, it's the survey, right? There's empirical data here if you're a tightwad or not. I there's, love There's that. a cutoff. And there's, I mean, there's a bunch of assessments. There's, how many are yeah. there? 30, 40, or 20 assessments. 30. Yeah. And, and each of yeah, them have six to 38 questions or so on yeah, a variety of different things. Yeah, so we consider basically the psychology of money, right? So there's, there's, there's a block on things that, you know, so first thing, you have to sort of understand where you are in, in, your, in your sort of happy journey, right? Right. And I don't want that to sound too flip, 
because you know happiness is more than just uh, you know high positive emotions. It's not just you know, there is when we talk about happiness as psychologists, we really are talking more about the quality of your life, right? How are things sort of going in all different domains? Hmm. Are you experiencing a lot of purpose? Are you experiencing, you know, do you feel like yeah. you're close with your friends and family? And so what you'll find is that you have this profile. Um, often you can be doing really well in some part of your well-being, but not others. Yeah. And then what you can do, or what the website does, is it sort of takes you through other types of places what might be affecting that. So. Some people that are spending doesn't impact their happiness as much as others, right? But their value system does, or different types of behaviors do. And so we sort of segment that around and sort of try and lead people through a process where they can learn a lot about themselves. And then um, what's important, I guess, if I'm going to pitch my own website here, is that on the feedback pages you get to not only see your score, but you get to see how you compare it to sort of other interesting people, whether they're other men and women or other oh, other people oh, who are great. happy or there are other people with different values. Yeah. Does it so then guide you with – does it guide you into how to go learn more about changing things, or is it just about understanding right now? Yeah, we have we have certain well, there's certain things that are hard to change. Yeah. So we are we're upfront about you know you're really it's going to be difficult to change your value system, right. but you can change how your values get exposed, right? I mean how the, how how the, how they became manifest in your daily life. Hmm. Um, so in areas that are quote, easy to change are, you know, if you're looking on something that might not be too hard, then we have um, pulled through the, the sort of expert advice of other people and put it together in uh, probably two brief of five to ten bullet points That's great, um, for, for what we should. But yes, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people told us, and, you know, it's really great that I'm not as, that you brought up that I'm not as good with my money. Well, what can I do? Okay, well, here's some links. There here's you go. Advice. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Ryan T. Howell. He's an associate professor of psychology at San Francisco State University and a co-founder of the website beyondthepurchase.org. Incredible resource to go and evaluate your own spending habits, kind of how you how you evaluate life, how you um, sense happiness, how you're approaching life, just certain dispositions and compassion and, and, and how you – are you too hard on yourself – Awesome website. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to get more uh, from Dr. Howell about kind of some of our um, some of our spending habits. Maybe a little bit more about compulsive buying. Are you a compulsive buyer? Can you uh, just not let it go? You just keep thinking about it till you buy it. We're going to take a break. Come back. Talk to him and uh, give you more tools about your spending habits. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. This is BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That's the uh, Matt Townsend Show hoedown music. <laughs> Again, this is a brand new uh, little uh, bumper of music we use that uh, it's super cool. This signifies we, we're now a two-hour show. Anyway, welcome back. Love it. Uh, that's for the, uh, the southwest and western parts of the U.S. Give them a little hoedown music. This uh, is the Matt Townsend Show. On the show today, fascinating guest about a topic that I think impacts everybody. And again, I don't push websites too hard, but this is a website. You and your family, your kids, your uh, you know your older kids, maybe those going to college, your spouse. This is one you really want to go look at. Um, it's called BeyondThePurchase.org. 
beyondthepurchase.org. This isn't a site where they're trying to really sell you anything. This is a site where they've put together some some wonderful tools and assessments to help you and your spouse track and understand your financial situation. What's going on? How you approach money? How you see happiness? What are some of your spending habits? What are your personality and your values? It's put together by Dr. Howell and uh, his team there at beyondthepurchase.org and tons of resources. So, Dr. Howell, again, thank you for joining us. Oh, always my pleasure. It's so great uh, to have somebody working on something as as important to this. One of the things that you just finished in the summer, I know, is some some pretty in-depth research on, you know, compulsive buying behaviors. How do we uh, – first of all, I guess, what did you learn and how do we know if we've got a compulsive buying problem? Versus just, hey, I'm just having fun. Right, right. So it's interesting. In our, in our daily language, we talk a lot about impulsive purchases. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, those are any, literally any time you buy something you didn't plan to buy. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, we don't find that there's any sort of difference uh, in people's happiness levels if, they're, if they tend to buy a lot impulsively, as long as they stay with, you know, within their means. If they start going into debt, that's a different thing. Yeah. Compulsive buying is interesting and different because it is where you are less interested in what you're buying and more in the process of buying. Oh, really? It's more okay. About the, it's more about the experience that comes with the shopping, sort of the thrill of running the credit card through. And one of the clear behavioral markers that a person has a compulsive disorder, which about 10% of the population probably does, um, is that they have a lot of unopened shopping bags somewhere in their house or closet or something like that. And the reason that they have that is because they weren't actually interested in the product. They weren't yeah. actually interested in the material item. And that's really where you can get some detriments because there's no sort of satisfaction that comes with buying and using the product. You're just trying to get this sort of emotional high that comes from shopping. And that's so really shopping's the drug that gets you the, the high. Right. Not yeah. You don't even yeah, need whatever you're buying. Yeah. Yeah, no. A lot of times, uh, of course, in the most excessive sense, you see hoarders um, who, will be, who will be not only buying a lot often, but, but, but will be saving a lot of things as well. Um, but it really, the, the, the purchase doesn't matter. And I think that that really fascinates me that this is, you know, what drives the problem. Wow. Um, and of course, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the first segment. I think it, it goes without saying that one of the ways to dampen those emotional responses is to make yourself track your finances. Yeah. And it, it, does, it sounds so simple in some ways. Um, but again, you know, as we talked about in the first time, people really don't like doing it. And particularly, the more a person really likes shopping, the less exciting it gets when they have to write down all the finances. So you can tell a person in theory, look, you can buy whatever you want. And you can buy it and put it in your closet or whatever you want. All I want you to do is just try and keep a good record so you know what you're spending. And just the process of making that you know, like a cognitive activity yeah. changes and decreases. And so our models show that as people start to manage their money more, um, they become less and less susceptible to compulsive buying tendencies. Wow. Is it, I mean, um, that's it. It's fascinating because is, is it the issue – if I just gave you a credit card where I could track your purchases anyway – Right. Um, would that be enough to slow you, or is it the cognitive issue of me knowing? Is it me knowing you're tracking me, or is it me actually just engaging my mind in a knowing activity, a, a cognitive activity in the moment? What do you sense yeah, it, it is? Be, 
it, it has to be on you. And so it really is your behavior, mm. right? So if, if, if I were to say, uh, okay, Matt, you're, you're, you have, we think you may have a, uh, a compulsive buying disorder. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give you this credit card. And you buy whatever you want, and I'm going to look at whatever you want, but you have to buy it on this credit card. I don't think it would change your behavior at all. Yeah. Um, if I were to say, all right, now I'm going to give you this credit card, you buy whatever you want, but whatever you buy, you have to write it down, um, you know, put it in this Excel file or whatever, then that there's a strange, I don't know what's the counterintuitive, but unpredicted emotional dampening that results in you not really enjoying the purchasing. And so that it, it's as if I were to say, you have as much of this drug that you used to have, mm. but now it's just not going to be very good anymore. What if you know, we posted like, oh, it on Facebook? That. Would that do anything uh, more? Well, you know, that's interesting. We didn't do that. That might be fascinating um, to yeah. go see. Does the social you know, yeah, stigma social. of what you're buying yeah. impact you or yeah. how much you're buying? Yeah. Tons of research goes out to show that, you know, if you have something that you're really trying to change, bring in as many, you know, bring the village in, right? It yeah. It takes a village to raise a child, yeah. but, you know, maybe it takes a village to raise all of us, right? So if we can, if we can have uh, a sort of public display of what we're doing, then maybe, you know, you could get some status issues there. But it would be interesting to see. I imagine you certainly would make fewer purchases knowing you had to write it down and tell people about it later. Uh, most, the most common emotion that people feel from compulsive buying is guilt and embarrassment. Yeah, guilt slips in, doesn't it? And embarrassment. Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Yeah. Ryan T. Howell, an associate professor of psychology at San Francisco State University, co-founder of the website beyondthepurchase.org. Go check that out. We're going to come back with Dr. Howell. He's going to give us... Um, some more tools of what we can do to manage our compulsive spending. Sounds like one of the first easiest, not easiest per se, but one that's obvious is let's start tracking our spending. That might help. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here. We are uh, talking with Dr. Ryan T. Howell, an associate professor of psychology at San Francisco State University, co-founder of BeyondThePurchase.org, single-handedly taking on the world and their spending habits. I love what Dr. Howell is doing and his associates because seriously, this is information about how you spend, about what you kind of see makes you happy. Your some of your purchasing uh, approaches or philosophies. You got to go to the website, get there, sign in, start answering questionnaires. It's a great tool for you and your spouse to learn a little bit more about how you approach life, your spending, and what makes you happy. Um, I just love it because again, we there's so much that. Uh, can be impacted by our debt, by our own inability to deal with it directly. And so Dr. Howell's been teaching us a little bit before the last break about compulsive purchasing. Interesting thing uh, you've learned, though, is tracking. Really, in a way, it sounds like tracking your purchases, forcing somebody to write down what they're buying as they're buying it 
it's like has this dampening effect. It's kind of like trying to kiss your girlfriend on the doorstep, knowing that her dad's about to open the door. And it, it's like yeah, all of a sudden you're like, Gah. maybe not. Mm-hmm. I'll just kiss you tomorrow. I will we'll, we'll look up tomorrow, right? Put that in your that, book. Yeah, I will. I will make sure. <laughs> Analogy. Uh, tracking spinning is like kissing uh, your doorstep. On the doorstep with the father there. I think that the other thing that's important when you're looking at compulsive buying, and, and we have sort of mentioned this a couple of times here with the marketers, is that people who are compulsive buyers also have this tendency to have these what we call transformation expectations. And by that, I mean, the, the term is brilliant, by the way. It's What's the term again? Transformation expectations. Okay. I expect that my life will be transformed by this purchase. Oh, man. And and it, it's really, I mean, think about pretty much every beer commercial. Oh, yeah. And that's a transformation expectation. <laughs> I am expecting that when I have this product, that my life is going to be better, particularly that people will mostly like me more. That seems to be a, an important part of the transformation expectation. Um, and one of the things, of course, we learn in happiness is that when you put your happiness into the hands of others as far as, like, their behaviors, yeah. you know, if I say I'll be happy if you notice my new, you know, outfit or Prada bag or whatever, yeah. um, well, what tends to happen is, first off, you don't seem to notice as much as I expect you to. <laughs> and so what I expect to happen often doesn't. And then, of course, huge disappointment comes um, and so another thing what we try and do with people who you know, have compulsive buying is to have sort of a realistic expectation. Um, Dan Gilbert in, in his book on stumbling on happiness talks about how people can, you know, more actively forecast their emotions uh, and what's going to happen in their life if they spend time trying to go through, you know, more minute details of what it's going to be like to, you know, have this product or whatever. Yeah. And now the expectations are a little bit more realistic and they're not as transformative. You're, you, let, let's just be realistic here. The next thing that you buy is not going to transform your life. No. It's just not. No. Well, and it's, you know, you'd think you'd know that, you know, because you've been buying things your whole life and your yeah. life still hasn't transformed. I mean, if we just took the beer commercial and gave you a little bit more data about what the high caloric beer is going to do to you, let alone how it's going to make you look stupid and you'll potentially lose your job. Um, right. I mean, all of that thing, that's just more data. But it's almost like what you said earlier, that we we just aren't into looking at it clearly. Yeah, I think that a lot of times, and I can't really emphasize this enough, um, you know, psychology has done a pretty good job of showing that there are there are there are sources outside of it. I mean, you know, long time ago in the 50s, we thought maybe subliminal messaging was doing things and stuff like right. that. But there really are implicit messages that, that come in that have true, you know, impacts on our behavior. You know, a lot of the priming studies in social psychology show this. Uh, marketing studies can actually show this pretty easily. And um, once you realize that, you can, you can begin to say you can actually have more ownership over your own behavior once you realize that there are other things that might be trying to push it in certain directions. Hmm. Um, and so once we, I think the thing I find most exciting about talking about you know, money and happiness and, and how to, you know, make yourself feel better with, with what you're spending your money on is the sort of sense of empowerment of sort of learning the traps and the pitfalls allows you to recognize them as opposed to sort of feeling like you're aimlessly wandering through. Right. So seeing the traps 
I guess it's part of the patterning, right? Noticing that there are patterns yeah. to a lot of this. Um, yeah. it, it's interesting. Uh, would it matter if we – is there a transformational kind of uh, – what was the word again? You, expectation. expectation. If, if yeah. I spent the money on something that really was more transformative, if I spent the money on giving uh, a year's worth of clothing and food to a family in Africa – Mm-hmm. Would that spending create a transformation, a, a, a more sincere, true transformation in me than just spending it on clothes? Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting question. I mean, it's something we're, we're trying to, to deal with, which is, you know, what happens when we tell someone, um, you know, there, there's, there's a really interesting relationship between how much money you spend and, and how much happiness you get out of it. And basically what you learn is that there's this, it's what we call an S-curve, if you're drawing it on the board, right? Yeah. So that pretty much in the very small amounts of money, a little bit more doesn't, spending on something doesn't make you that much happier. Um, so, you know, if I go to a $50 restaurant or a $75 restaurant, I don't really get like 50% more happiness out of that. Right. But as you start to save some money for some bigger life events, right, you know, the, the big family trip that you've been saving up for, um, you know, types of things like that. Now you see these huge boosts. Mm. And so an interesting strategy that we've been, we've been playing around with, we're still trying to figure out if we got to figure out if we're right. Yeah. Or I should say this is a theory to all your audience. I, I have, I'm still working <laughs> this on this. This has not data. been proven or validated yet. Okay. Right. But we, we have good reason to believe that a, a very good strategy for happiness would be to, to sort of keep your costs low on things that are sort of on the lower end so that you save money for some bigger events. Mm. Right? So you save some money for the big trip. Um, what you don't want to do is you don't want to soak up all your money on like $5 lattes right. so that you never have the opportunity to do something you really would enjoy. Um, and I think that, that that would be an interesting, you know, explaining that to someone. Now they begin to see, oh, here's this benefit and not necessarily sitting in that dangerous middle where I'm spending just a little bit too much money every day to ever save up enough to do something really fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, to me, it just seems intuitive, doesn't it? I mean, like mm-hmm. I just went on a – my we have a little place where we go with our family all the time. We go there so much and it doesn't cost us much and we go so much that our kids are like blah, blah, blah and no one wants to go anymore. <laughs> but we yeah. go by a big trip, saved up for it, got all the kids ready and it was like – it was transformational. It was yeah, incredible. So I, think, I think that you're right. You could – I mean certainly if you look at some of the work by, by Michael Norton and Liz Dunn, you you're you know they have a they have a new good book out and much of what they argue about is that there are transformational types of purchases but unfortunately we're not always very good at estimating what those purchases will be yeah um, you know there's 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 unfortunately and I, and I, well, I mean unfortunately in some way but hopefully we can you know figure out you know that these traps so we can tell people about them but we don't seem to be excellent predictors of what will make us truly happy. Right. We're not awful at it, but yeah. we miss more than we should. It's fascinating. This is just such incredible work. And what's so interesting about it, I think, is you're on this cutting edge of our materialism. So here we're this highly materialistic culture, and um, and yet and so much of it's being driven by stuff that isn't even known that isn't even overtly thought of. I mean, I remember, too, like you were talking about the subliminal messages that might be, and you're like, oh, the control, the power. But there are, there are mm-hmm. these inherent messages like, so what's your FICO score? You know, because that's, you know, 
you got to have a FICO score, and it's got to be good. If you're a good person, right. good people have good FICO right. scores. But we buy right. into that. So as we're kind of wrapping this up, um, I'd love to just hear from you, Ryan. What's the – if you think of one one thing, like what's the one thing you would tell – that makes the biggest difference in our purchasing and our buying to give us control back? Um, that's funny. I was thinking of a different answer until you put that little control back. Okay, on but you, then the go, go to both. I'll, yeah, I'll give the answer that I was going to give. I think the one thing we haven't touched on a whole lot is one of the most important ingredients in happiness. And we all know this, but sometimes we don't necessarily think about it from our financial standpoint, is that our... Um, money has the ability to, as you said on your vacation, bring us closer to our friends and family. And I would, I would suggest that if you made, if you only ask yourself one question every time you spend, again, this is discretionary money, we should set up from right. the beginning. You have to have a house, you have to have to, when you have that little extra money over and you're trying to do something to improve your life, if you ask yourself, am I going to be closer to my friends and family as a result of this? And the answer is yes, you're probably spending the money the right way. That's great. Or am I going to be deeper in debt away from my kids trying to pay off this debt? <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So the question, with this discretionary spending, am I, am I going to be closer to my family and my friends because of this purchase? Yeah, and if the answer is yes, um, then you've got the right – got the, there's a lot of ingredients to happiness, but that's the most important one. Love it. Wow, good stuff. Again, um, Dr. Ryan T. Howell, go to his website, beyondthepurchase.org, beyondthepurchase.org. Start filling out the assessment, sign in, register. Again, you're not going to be pitched on a bunch of sales things. This is pure teaching, pure education, pure understanding, and aggregating some probably very valuable data. Dr. Howell, thank you so much. It was wonderful. Appreciate you. And keep up the good work. And I'm going to have you back. I might have to have you back weekly just so I can keep my spending down. You're the best. Uh, We're going to take a break and uh, try to, you know, educate us a little bit more. Uh, Get into a little bit deeper about maybe the calamity that's happening if we just keep our spending the way it's going. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about spending habits. And, uh, you know, we thought we'd have a little fun with Amazon. Apparently a lot of people go to Amazon to uh, spend their money now. And when you go to Amazon, you can make a purchase. A lot of times you can find stuff that you wouldn't even need on Amazon. I mean, you wouldn't even need it, but it's there, so you can buy it. And then when you buy it, you actually have the ability to make a comment of it on it, right? Is that right, Merritt? Yeah. So you have found... Comments made by people about products on Amazon. Yes, yes. This is a list. It was put together by Amazon, I believe, of the funniest reviews on their website. Okay, these so, are reviews of products. Yeah. I mean, okay, we all know when you go and look at an Amazon review, my least favorite one is the person who's like hasn't actually used the product. Yeah. This is my favorite, is like you get on there and you're like, oh, man, should I buy these? book like i really am interested in this the book, book looks really good say. and then you read the review and it's like it got shipped on time like yeah thanks thanks hey it's got a cover it yeah 
or or here the other one like when people review books on Amazon not not because like the quality they yeah. like and they'll just dis- make a disclaimer they're like the quality of this book was really great but yeah. this one character reminded me of this person who annoys me so I hated it I hated like, the book or they give uh, you a or you can always it's just like, like complete somebody's got a beef there's always like twenty that love it that are all family members yeah, yeah. of the author <laughs> and then the there's the one person. that hates it who was like, his Whoa. enemy yeah yeah so my favorite actually is is when the product is actually this, this is the annoying part but the review is fantastic so the product so, isn't even worth the review no. but the reviewers having fun yes okay cool for example <laughs> that sounds fun you can buy a gallon of whole milk on amazon hold it. Ship it to your house why because because it was what we were talking about earlier you don't have to go, to, grocery yeah, shopping. Don't have to, go to the grocery store well i know but come on Okay. I did. I didn't know they were already doing That's that. I might have to yeah. start doing. It's that. It's only in some places because okay. well, they can't guarantee that your milk will be like shipped from so you got, Illinois. You got eight dollars shipping on your <laughs> milk. <laughs> you have and prime. It's, it's, it's warm. free. So and that and that beats the the second worst of that I heard was when my brother had a box show up on his porch and I cracked it open and there were Lucky Charms and Post whatever inside. Really, he bought cereal. Breakfast cereal from Amazon. Man. This is okay. awesome. Okay. So this is the review. Yeah, but of people milk. will review yeah. milk. We all know what milk is and how it <laughs> tastes like. So, for example, um, one review says, "Has anyone else tried pouring this stuff over dry cereal? Awesome! <laughs> Changed my life. <laughs> Woohoo! Oh, that's great. Okay, I really like this one too." says, do you have any idea where this stuff comes from? It's <laughs> excreted by squeezing the wobbly things on the underside of a cow. That That is hardly made clear anywhere on the That's label. That's Skyboy. Yeah. That's Skyboy. <laughs> he didn't know my, where yeah, it all came from. So That is great. That is – see, to me, this is fun. This makes shopping fun. You don't even have to buy this stuff. You could just go make these comments. They but, should have these, like, users at the store – Standing next to products just to tell you about the product. With a hairnet. Yeah. And yeah. giving out samples. The okay. store should hire people to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. For, here's another one. There's a book called How to Avoid Huge Ships. Now, I really want to know what that book well, even if, is about. Well, if you were in a little ship, yeah. you would want that book. I feel like there should be a book called like How to Avoid Icebergs. Mm. That like, makes sense. Yeah, if you're but, in a like, big ship. But How sh- to Avoid Huge Ships. I'm like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. So here's here's some reviews for this. <laughs> this one says, I read this book before going on vacation, and I couldn't find my cruise liner in the port. Vacation ruined. <laughs> oh. That's a bad review. Yeah. Okay, here's another awesome product from Amazon, which is a horse head mask. Like a whole, like like a whole, whole horse, head horse head mask. That goes over you, like all of well, yeah. Midsummer Night's Dream. Well, it sounds like a good party. Yeah. And I know someone who bought one. Bryce. <laughs> Does Bryce have a horse? Bryce head? bought a horse head mask. Is that the one he put in Skyboy's bed? No, I don't think. No, he that did was that. A, that was an actual horse. That was an actual yeah. horse. Oh. We were hanging out. Weird slumber party. <laughs> Wait, that's just a throwback to The Godfather, I think. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so here's a review for it. It says it is day 87, and the horses have accept me, accepted me as one of their own. I have grown to understand <laughs> and respect their gentle ways. <laughs> Wee! That is great. <laughs> See, it's another great. I one. would buy that horse. Yeah, head I know because of that I review. Want to because the review is yeah. hilarious. Here's another review for the horse head mask. It says it's not big enough to completely cover a horse's head, and it doesn't provide <laughs> enough airflow for them either. My horse almost suffocated. Yeah, it's like, oh, his mask I think. Yeah. 
Oh, that is sad. Those are good. Yeah, they are good. Um, I really I, – I think we probably as a group ought to go do some of these. Yeah, I think we should. And you see, but the key is you have to find the, the weirdest product possible. Oh, sure. Here's um, for a banana slicer. Yeah. This is like a plastic thing yeah. that is like Heard shaped like a banana, banana but it has little like bars across it. So uh-huh. you just press it over the banana and it slices <laughs> because apparently taking out a knife is too hard. Well, I think it's uh, – taking out a knife to cut a banana is easy. <laughs> Doing it 30 times is hard. Yeah, so I guess I guess if you were like working, yeah. Well, plus you can't get it perfect. You know, but so if you're perfect, for the normal person, I'm going to yeah. say this. Sky probably has one. Sky's got two, three. Yeah. He's got. <laughs> a, got he's actually got yesterday. one in his pocket, and he he used it <laughs> yeah. for lunch. You okay. never know when you need to slice a banana. Here's a great review. It says, "What can I say about the five seven one B banana slicer that hasn't already been said about the wheel, penicillin, or the iPhone?" <laughs> Snarky. <Yeah. laughs> I like that one. Yeah, I like that one too. Here's a here's a good one with the banana slicer. It says, as shown in the picture, the slices are curved from left to right, but all of my bananas are bent the other way. <laughs> That's classic. I, just like, I know. I love how sassy these people are. No, it, it makes them. you wonder where they get all the time. Where do they get the time to do all of this? Because like a lot of people are working. Yeah. Are these unemployed students? Probably. Hmm. It's not any of you, is it? You look no. guilty. Food and uh, shopping. Isn't that fun? By the way, we've just got to make a little bit of a, an announcement here. Um, Skyboy, before the show, was really hungry. Still am, actually. And uh, <laughs> our, our very own Colonel Sanders, who's on a very strict diet and regimen, uh, wanted to, to serve you, Skyboy. So he decided to get you um, some of his dried fruit, which was flattened banana. Nothing but banana, comma, flattened. From Trader Joe's. So it's high end. Trader Joe's is pretty legit. I drove 100 miles for those. Okay. <laughs> um, I've noticed that Skyboy has only had what would be about four slices. <laughs> Are you not going to finish that? I'll finish it. Well, I, I'll eat it. I just. I mean, we wait, can, we can, we'll split but it in half. Matt, it still sounds appealing. This is the problem. Yeah, I think it is the peel. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. not... it looks like – it's not look... It looks like something you pull off it your shoe. It looks like matted grass and mud yeah. mixed with some sticky stuff yeah. okay, from no... the floor. Of... <laughs> Let me explain something. And, and you driving in your car probably know this, that real food doesn't always look pretty. Like a banana, when you first open it up, is white and it's pretty. But yeah. as time goes on, if you squish it at all or if you put it in a dehydrator, it doesn't look like a banana anymore. But that's because nutrients aren't pretty. Ooh. Nutritious foods are sometimes some of the ugliest foods around. And we have a world <laughs> full of foods where they've gone to a lot of trouble to put dyes and colorings in there to try to make it look all pretty and nice. But in this case, they haven't because it's nothing but banana. Hmm. What? <laughs> I agree. A Whole Foods message brought to you from our own Colonel Robbie Sanders. So apparently, if you're out there wanting to eat healthy, let it rot and get ugly and then flatten it and dry it up and they'll sell it to have, you. Have you tried any of that? I'll try it during the break. Okay. We're going to take a break. And uh, I think we're going to be talking to our own Mark Waite. Is yes. that right? And Mark is going to uh, he's going to give us some insight about uh, the, the calamities that await if we keep having these horrendous buying habits, and apparently if we eat flattened bananas. 
This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, again, we're talking about shopping habits. And we thought, who better in the world to talk about shopping habits than our own Mark Waite? Uh, now, Mark, you may have heard his voice on Through the Garage Door every night now on BYU Radio. Is it every night? Every weeknight, I think. Yeah. Is it weeknight? Yeah. You're big league. Well, you've always been big because you've been on the afternoon host on Classical 89, a uh, sister a sister station. No, to, we're the brother. You're the sister. I'd rather be the sister, quite honestly. We're the big brother. We've been around I for 52 years. Not to say <laughs> anything. But look at you, Mark. You, we, we're having you talk shopping. because Shop till you drop, baby. You do a lot of shopping. You buy a lot of stuff. Do I? Mm-hmm. Hey, no, no. There's one thing. I have one fixation. Well, Otherwise, you have two. Okay. You're thinking headphones. headphones. Yeah. Second, car. Line well, green car. Yeah, the, this was a banner year for too many automotive acquisitions for sure. No, shopping, <laughs> it, I don't want to overstate this. I don't want to be an alarmist, but we're talking a cataclysm of biblical proportion in the making here. What? Not for me. Okay. I mean, for the sh- society for the in shopping, general. Our shopping habits have a cataclysmic potentiality. Well, it's it's a different world we yeah. live in. I mean, when you and I were young, yeah. let's let's say you wanted a pair of headphones, a very specific pair of headphones. Sears catalog. No, That's they didn't. They never had. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know you'd I mean? look there, or, or yeah, you'd go, you'd go, start looking. In the but catalog. Most, mostly, you'd you'd go from store to store. Yeah, you know, there's five stereo stores in town, and you drive from one to the next, <laughs> and you go, okay, none of them have it. Well, I guess I can't get what I want. It's not in the catalog. They don't exist in a different world now. Yeah, because all you have to do is go to that Amazon, and I'm not singling them out because there's a whole bunch yeah. of these sites where you can find exactly what you want. Find the best price imaginable and click one little mouse. And they even have a yeah. thing, one-click purchasing. Just one little button. One little click, and then it's on its way. You don't have to toil through the uh, the decision process well, anymore. Now, it's, so it's, it's some would too say convenient. that that's great. Like some would oh, say, holy super convenient. cow, it's fantastic. Gonna, but the cataclysm is what? The cataclysm is if We're, we don't exercise individual control – it just, you know, we're all going to be in debt for the rest of our lives with a house full. We're all going to be hoarders because we can't stop shopping. Well, and, and let's just be clear. You're saying this with a red headset on and two other headsets in front, three other headsets in front of I do of have you. a pair of these at home. Uh, yeah. You I have used to have a pair of And you're those. the one that brought these to me, which I really like. I gave those to you. my head sweat. Um, um, so you're, you know. you're, you're actually serious because it seems like this would be very great for you because you could just start sorting through all the headphones. Headsets, I mean, and start trying to figure out what's the best kind, know the best price. It's a lot of fun. Look, we're, we're all programmed for the the hunter-gatherer instinct. Yeah. For since the dawn of time, we have gotten this huge thrill, this satisfaction out of going out, finding the animal, killing it, yeah. bringing it home, and slapping it on the table. And then everybody says, oh, great Yay. hunter. And, and now when we shop, we're looking for things that – are going to give us that little twinge of satisfaction in the pleasure center, and yeah. it, it becomes addictive. Totally. No, I totally see that. Uh, and, you, and it's such an easy thing. You didn't exert any easy. energy. 
So your money just – I did this just this last weekend. I started – I never would buy money or uh, uh, songs on iTunes. Wouldn't do it because I just thought, you know, I don't want to get started with that. But I find out that my kids were on my account. Oh, no. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, they're buying junk I don't even want to listen to. So I'm just going to – I banned them from doing it and then I just started – How did they get your credit card? Well, I, I have them all go through my own account because oh, okay. I want to know what they're buying. So they just go ahead and click it. Yeah, but I didn't know they were actually buying and then my wife said, oh, no, they're buying. And so I started buying. But this week I bet I bought $30 in music. However – It's three CDs. It's three CDs except I kind of bought song at a time, song at a time, song dollar twenty nine, dollar twenty nine, ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine, and all of a sudden, thirty bucks later, you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, and that's the problem with the credit card. Now we've always wanted to bring home the new toys. We've right. always gotten that thrill from the new toys, but now it's just too convenient. And yeah. so you know, we used to live in agrarian society where you had to walk to the store, you know, yeah. with with your camel. Now and then, then the credit card. I don't know exactly where that started. I but think that's... that was uh, it was after hunter gatherer and agrarians. So yeah. it was the beginning of <laughs> the industrial age. age. That like was. That. Uh, I'm sure they thought that was a great idea at the time, but oh boy, the the misery that mm-hmm. the credit card has caused. Because it's society. not connected to your wallet. Like you're not you're not pulling it out. Looking at the cash, checking the number. I, I try to do most things with cash. If yeah. I go buy gas, go buy groceries, it's yeah. a cash thing because I want to see what see, I've got. They're not letting me do that. My wife and team give me two cards. I have a business card and a family card. Everything's card. But it and actually does it ever get away from you? No, because they're watching me every day. Like my wife will call me in the middle. You have of day, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. What, what's this purchase at Best Buy? Totally. Well, I uh, because don't you love though really like going into a Best Buy like if you need I used to just a little I now have everything they have so there's yeah, no you, thrill left you already own all that they have because I just love it like I could go in and just walk around and and I would love to buy something like that is cathartic for me that's dangerous are you actually making the purchase or is yeah it, oh no I buy looking? no I buy yeah. something you getting bad. a Best Buy. I'm not sure if it's always bad. It's not always the best buy. <laughs> I'm getting a buy. <laughs> I, and the funny thing is if I looked online, I actually when I buy something, I do look online first and then I like to go peruse. Well, and, and that's the thing is that say I'm looking for a pair of headphones, which right now I'm trying not to look well, yeah. for a pair of headphones. The the research process – now, research sounds like a horrible yeah, thing. It, it sounds does. like a task. No, yeah. no. It's very enjoyable. It's very exciting. That is the hunt. Yeah, that is. That hunt for, number one, I'm going to find what is the best pair of headphones for this use. Then I'm going to read all the reviews I can possibly <laughs> find. And believe me, there's tons of reviews yeah. out there. And then I'm going to start reading. Okay, now this is the one I want. Then you start searching for the price and you're waiting. You know, it's, yeah, on Amazon, it's, yeah. it's, like, uh, it's like the stock market. Sometimes if the price is up, then it dips. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I'm going to wait yeah. for it to, to dip. Yeah. Current headphones. Phones normally one sixty nine. They dipped to one thirteen for one day. Well, you had Boom. to buy them. Got them. Next day, back up to one sixty nine. Now they're triggering all my pleasure centers. <laughs> ding ding ding! Yay! I'm a winner! Yay! And they're red. And they're so red. we can all right, see red. them. Yeah. And so if so, if you steal them, I'm going to know exactly where yeah, you got them I'd from. Paint them. And so that hunter gatherer uh, thing, those pleasure centers are really being stroked by the research by the hunting for the right price, mm-hmm. and then you finally find the right price, and then all you have to do is one little click because they've yeah. already got your credit card number. Click, uh-huh. bing. Done. Now, all you have to have is the patience to wait a week. Well, but other than that, it's just too convenient. Okay, well, now watch. Then it's it's interesting because then you get the bill. Then, <laughs> it's funny how Amazon times it to kind of – I mean it's not – maybe it was, no, it was iTunes. Timed it about two days later. 
two days later, I guess they give me 48 hours to buy my audios. But then it hit, and I'm like, wow. Like a couple of them came really quickly. But about two days later, the rest of the bill came, and I'm like, 30 bucks. Don't tell my wife. Now, the one good thing about buying online is generally you're buying durable goods. Yeah. Now, a month later, okay, so I got headphones. A month later, I get the bill for $113. I'm going to go, well, the thrill is worn off on the headphones, but at least I still have them. Yeah. At least I can still yeah. use and them. And you know what? You can't have enough headphones. Well, I'm still fighting with that concept. <laughs> but now I'm going to go ahead and pay that because I still have them. Yeah. The worst thing is to put groceries. Oh. Like on a, a consumable item no, yeah. or travel. That's the problem. You tra- You go on this yep. fantastic trip. It's all in the card. You come home. You think, well, that was great. And then a month later, this bill comes for $2,000. And you go, what? Gone. What, what is this? No, totally. I That's have nothing to show issue. for it except for some pictures. So is the problem really the technology or is it the fact that we're using the credit that doesn't affect us the same way? Well, the credit is what's killing us. The convenience is just – helping us to use the credit way yeah. more often well, and, and, and go you know way what? deeper. Doesn't it bug you? Then it's like you need credit. You need What's your FICO score? You need a good score. Oh, I'm off the charts, baby. Well, I know, but what's crazy I've about that? I've never missed a payment in my life. But all of a sudden, what matters to us is our credit score because you need credit. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, that's what farmers who invented for thousands that idea? Of years have been, exactly that, that's right. been their main concern. Bringing yeah. in the harvest, number yeah. one, and then what's my credit score? I think if we're going to do this, we need a Pringles score. Because you need to know how many Pringles you're consuming, and you want the highest Pringle score you can have. And the higher the Pringle score, the more Pringles you've eaten. If only we had a, a uh, an app on our phones <laughs> that would show us day-to-day, here's how many calories from fat you consume. Oh, here's yeah. A, what and if here's how, how much fat. money you owe to yeah. the industrial complex for Wouldn't the, fat, the fat that they foisted upon you. Tie it to your fat content, your <laughs> cholesterol levels. If you have low cholesterol, you get better credit. Well, I, I think – the only answer to this becoming an ever greater problem is just individual self-control, mm-hmm. um, self-discipline. And we know how much of that's going around these days. <laughs> but it is up to the individual. I mean, yeah. there's all sorts of people that have no debt whatsoever. I know. Um, Can't stand them. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, like they're kids, not going to the store It's funny enough. because my kids now make a $2 purchase like it's no big deal. It's an app. Dad, it's an app. It's only yeah, two bucks. Yeah. Relax, man. And only about twenty of them this month. Relax. I know. And you think, dude, I didn't. I remember as a kid. Do you remember this? Finding every quarter and penny and nickel in the couch that you can. Penny Got, candy. Penny. And I would go buy. I'd put all my money together, and it would kill me. And I'd ride my bike up to, what was the name of it? To some little Sprouse Rice. It was a little store like that. It was a little tiny five and done. Yeah. And I'd buy a Matchbox car. Oh, nice. And it would cost, I remember, like... I was a Hot Wheels guy. But were yeah. you a Hot Wheels guy? Yeah. Matchbox were... They weren't as fast. Well, I wasn't racing mine. Oh, see, I, I was a racer. Oh, of course you were. You had cars. <laughs> but they had green But how do you too. teach the kids yeah. to... Uh, Rob, you said that your parents instilled in you an abject fear of going <laughs> in debt. I've tried to do that to my kids, and I failed because my son's now carrying a $1,500 uh, visa bill. My, my dad even made a video game when I was a kid where the object of the game was to shoot scissors at credit cards. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> he did. Well, that's how it happened. He warped you that way. That's great. Well, so I, I have no credit. I also have no assets, but I have no credit. You, you, know? bought, a, you bought a car. You bought a brand new I, car. I, that's how'd true. That? Now, that, but that was a secured loan where I put 70% down and only borrowed about 30% and tried to pay it off aggressively and 
you know, yeah. 14 months. You know. Oh, don't pay it off aggressively, and that's bad for your credit score. See? Don't pay it off early. Yeah, pay it off slow. They want slow, every penny. Slow. And keep all the lines open. They want those pennies because they like to go buy penny candies, too, it's for so the bank. True. They're dime candies. Now I think they're course. killing us. I think they're – and we don't know it. Well, uh, yeah, you don't want to get too philosophical on this show, I'm sure, but it is – it's uh, – can I say it's the Mahan principle, trading life for cash? It, because the, the industrial complex, it's, their jo- it's not their job to worry yeah. about my health yeah. and about my credit. It's their job to, to wring every penny out of me they can. And if this <laughs> hamburger true. tastes better than celery – then they're perfectly happy yeah. to sell me that cheeseburger. Even though they know that cheeseburger is slowly killing me, all they want is my cash, and they're just going to give me whatever. Yes. You know, if celery was the hot seller, oh. they'd be selling me that. Oh, for sure. Well. They, they have nothing against me, but they're willing to, to trade my life it, right? for my cash. See. Did I just get to two? No, like, but it just gave me the chills. <laughs> it's like we're there. But I, I think it is that egregious. I think – we actually don't even know. They're not bad guys. No, it's just it's their well, they're job. doing their job. They're I'm just I'm a I'm a cog in the chain. I work for this corporation. It's my job to get people to buy this burrito. And then we just buy it. And we didn't even think what it's going to do to our heart. Yeah. Or to our family. Because we're all about dinging that pleasure center as often as we can. Yes. We self-indulgence. It's hard to tell yourself, no, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't indulge myself all the time. Maybe I should have Exercise a little bit self-control. of self-control. Yeah. Maybe you Spartan. ought to be like Rob who pays 70% of his car off right up front. He's... I mean, what kind of freak show is that? But that's a that? different kind of indulgence hey. because that's so cool to walk in with a debit card and say, would you mind putting $8,000 on this? See, but that, Rob, Matt, that Matt. doesn't happen. I've wanted to be model my life after the colonel for years now. Colonel Sanders. And it's not happening. Well, I just he, He's taught me everything I know about radio. It's because he has the scissor game that his dad gave him. <laughs> I didn't have the scissor game. But, his, but that's, it's interesting, too, because Rob knows, you know, Rob knows how much the chicken costs at the store. He knows everything. Five ninety nine, seven ninety nine for the jumbo. And uh, four ninety nine on Mondays, and that's when you buy it. Oh, right. where's that at? i got to go find that. <laughs> oh, don't tell him a secret. Well, it, yeah, it's uh, – Self-indulgence, it's, it's hard to find balance. I mean, you know, nobody needs to, to be a, uh, a hermit in sackcloth and ashes, but it's hard to find a right balance. That's, I think ultimately it comes down to each individual making a decision. I can have one of two things. On the one hand, I can continue to indulge my yearning for new toys, mm-hmm. new objects, new yeah. headphones. Or is that more important to me, that thrill I get? Or is the peace and contentment that comes from being out of debt more important? Which one feels better, the peace and contentment or the thrill? But it's almost like you you don't know until you've had both. You know what I mean? Because, like, we don't have peace and contentment about financial security. We don't even know what it is until you don't have financial security. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, where do you get that feeling until you all of a sudden have had to pay something off? Like, I remember when we paid my wife's wedding ring off. Did you feel free? Oh, so free. Student debt, Student debt, yeah. Off. Whoa, it, that's a big burden so off my shoulders. But it's funny, but you don't recognize that because you don't see that there's no burden when you're a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe that's one of the keys is a, a three-year-old understands that the cheeseburger tastes good. Yeah. The three-year-old doesn't understand pay for the, the burden of debt. Uh-huh. So maybe that's what we should be teaching him. Burden of debt, and then <laughs> with you teacher. should market that credit card right. game, Rob. Don't, That's I your million you, dollar you idea. Make it's, it's a little outdated now, but update uh, it. Come on, boy. For uh, 1994, he had that. Uh, it was pretty sharp, you know. Well, <laughs> my son, who who now carries fifteen hundred dollars debt on his credit card, um, how old is he? 
He's 23, 24. Yeah. It's not insurmountable. We're, yeah. we're, we're getting there. We've got a plan. But um, not only does he have a credit card, but once you give Amazon that number, oh yeah, then it's like, how do you how do you pull that back? How do you say no? I'm never going to let them make me a purchase. You have to. He has to have a lot of self control yeah. to say no. I'm going to cancel that number with Amazon yeah. so that I can't do that one click ordering. Is he married? Bing. No, not yet. He needs to get married Is to it, a woman like my wife. Well, my wife doesn't won't have that. He needs to find someone fiscally yeah. responsible. Yeah. Oh, I hope he does. I pray. You think that he, he will? Does. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's what's say. funny about it is got to get him dating first. Oh yeah. Hey, let's talk about. We that. need to get. Hey, that's another thing you can go online, him. but then you'd have to put his credit card in, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's just this vicious cycle, and then you're losing money left and right. Right, Rob? Oh yeah, I, I I've been Rob's on the been other doing end. Doing a little of that, dating so. online, and guess what? He's not only he's. Dating a ton. Oh, the good news going in the hole. It, it turns into dates. The the bad news is, uh, you know. Can I just say one thing? I used to spend lots of money on girls, dinner to movie, dinner to movie, dinner to movie. When I finally stopped spending money on girls, that's when I got married. My wife, I hardly spend a nickel on my wife. Really? Yeah. It's where'd you find her? <laughs> the you know that's number one. That's a good test. Does she expect you to spend a lot of money on her? Yeah. We've talked about that, Colonel. Um, but you don't need to spend money to have a good time. In fact, the more money you spend, the less likely you are to be relating to each other. That's right. Having a good, that's why you need to rob. Are you listening? Well, I, I only spend it all on food, food and a walk because – I think that's more How much you. does the walk cost? The walk's free. That part's great. <laughs> have you great. seen him walk? <laughs> Costs a fortune. Yeah, the one girl I had her out, she, she, I didn't know if she was in heels. So I'm walking all over downtown. Hey, check this out. Check this out. You didn't notice end of the end of the night. I yeah. You didn't hear the clippity clop, clippity clop. No, wow, well, she's her. a keeper. If she do that without complaining, yeah. Is she coming back? No, she uh, she had an ex boyfriend uh, show up at her house oh, night after the date. So boy, that doesn't mean anything. Don't, I, oh, don't I know. So oh, no, do you know what I would do? I'd go get online and I'd buy another gold chain. <laughs> and I'd put it around your neck. What, do you already got like five or yeah, six? I he's got, like, he's got a ton. I, re- I really like uh, Mr. T. He's, well, he's a big role model. I pity the fool. I pity the fool yeah, has that much gold. Well, I mean, talk about, I mean, you know, he is with chains like I am with headphones. Yeah. At what point do you say, okay, uh, enough, enough, enough headphones. Well, I'm like, I wonder what your wife says every time you put it, bring it She doesn't know home. about this pair. Here's my, here's my Does perfect lie. Does she not lie. listen to the Matt Townsend show? <laughs> oh, busted. Yeah. yeah, she does. So I've had these for a week. I brought them straight into work before she saw them. Yeah. And now I can take them home anytime and just when she says, oh, where those red headphones come from, I'll just say, oh, I had them at work. So, you know, this is a perfect lie because yeah. she'll just assume, oh, he's had them there for a couple of years. Okay, well, you know what? Now, once you're starting to – once you're already making up the story <laughs> – then you know you've got a sickness. I do. Yeah. Help me, Matt. Mark Wade. Pull me back from the brink. You know what you need to do? I want you – I'm going to give you a challenge. I want you to go without headset ever. Hard to next, do on the radio. No, I know. I want you to do it. Just, just talk on the radio. Just turn up the headset next right to now. you and listen to it. And then um, no the headset. The problem is that when I take my headphones off, I sound like this. Yeah, well, how did and you – And headphones back on. Yeah, I like it better with your headphones on. You sound more like a man. The other way, you sound like Mickey Mouse. Oh, no, that's copyrighted. Don't go there. Oh, sorry. You sounded like a, a – Ricky Rat. Ricky Rat. <laughs> the uh, the other – yeah, the non-copyrightable Ricky Rat. Okay, Mark, you're awesome. No, you are. I learned a lot. Okay, what did we learn? Summary. Uh, control there's an evil, the one There's an click. evil source trying to slowly crush us. Don't give in to the one click. Yes. Don't make it easy to be one clicked. Decide that it's – 
the peace and contentment of being out of debt feels way better mm. than the momentary ding of, at the pleasure center of acquiring a new toy that you didn't need. Love it. And? We, we fill our – that's what storage units are for. That's right. Oh, People man. fill the storage units to Look free up their house and they can go to Walmart and buy more stuff. I have a client with six storage units full of junk. That he that, can't do without. But, and he's filling up another one right now. Seriously. With headsets, by the way. <laughs> Introducing to this guy. <laughs> He's another Wait. I don't remember his, last, his first name. Mark Wait, appreciate you. You can listen to Mark, by the way, on Through the Garage Door weeknights at what time? Eastern? I don't know. It, it's all over the place. It's depending all over. On, but it's, where you live. it's really good. Nine He's, o'clock mountain, I think. They're, they're rock, rock and roll. They're rockers, so they don't really want yeah, to be pinned true. down to yeah. a specific time. Which is amazing because he also, during the day, is, a, is the afternoon host of Classical 89. I so, am right now. In fact, I have to run in and change a CD. Oh, is that what you're timing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark, you're the best. Thanks, Thanks my man. friend. See ya. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, wrap up the show. I don't know. Uh, you know, try to give you some more... Uh, more tools and good thoughts about managing our shopping habits. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back. Wrapping it up with the hoedown song from the Matt Townsend Show. You know what? Fun show today, Robbie. Did you learn anything about spending? Now, you're already fairly frugal. I'm kind of a cheapskate, so. You're the cheapskate. You're the frugal. I'm not frugal, and I'm not a spender. They don't give me money. I usually don't spend it, except I just use a little card thing that apparently. But if your wife and business manager weren't helping you out. Oh, I'd be a wreck. I'd be a train wreck. You're a spender personality. I'm actually not, because I don't. No, I'm actually not a very big spender, but I like the idea, like the good doctor was talking about. I just, I would go, I like shopping. Like, I mean, I don't like shopping, shopping. I like going to get something I want. Like when I need a new headset for my phone, I like going to buy it and just buying it and not thinking, like, I don't want to think too much about it. Don't you have that moment where you you sit there and you go, okay, there's the $150 unit, the $79 unit, the $19 unit, and you go, oh, well, I should buy the $19 unit. Maybe I should get the seventy nine, and then it's win win because it's either no, I was good and I yeah. got the nineteen dollar one, or I was good and bought quality. Yeah, I usually go for quality, but not like top high end. No, so you won't buy the hundred and sixty dollar one. Never, because that, that it'll sound break. like talking to that guy. The companies know the research, so they oh, yeah. they put the hundred sixty dollar one out there just to try to get. That's you. right, and some great research by Dan Ariely talks about the fact that it, it, you, they set you up to take the middle option. On so purpose. They just need to know where they want you to be, and then they give you a low end option and a high end option. I've and you're going to take the middle option. With baked beans, you have the the, the name brand. <laughs> you have kind of the knockoff, yeah. the high top yeah. Western family. With weird. And then you have this parts. can that comes in a white can. Yeah. That looks like it's been there since the Second World War. <laughs> it's rusting on the top. See, they know. Huh. So they know. So I don't know if it's as as doom and gloom as Mark Waite would have us believe. But well, no, he's only going to complain if you have the uh, baked beans ordered on Amazon. That's right, single click. But I think he's totally right about the credit card. And it's interesting too when we hear the psychology from Dr. Ryan Howell. If you're not thinking, you're not you're not going to be managing your finances. So a little homework assignment for everybody. I loved how he wrapped up the show or his segment, basically saying, "Look, if you just ask yourself the question, is this going to make me closer to my friends, my family, my relationships? Is this purchase going to take me closer to these people? Then you might be on the track to to do that. If not, let's just walk away. 
Let's also leave it with one quote. Who else better to talk about success than the great football coach Mike Dick, Mike Ditka? He says, success isn't measured by money or power or social rank. Success is measured by your discipline and your inner peace. And ironically, when we're spending all our money, there's not a lot of peace. Thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, we so appreciate it. Remember, the show, uh, the goal of the show is to give you the tools to make your life healthier and happier. Remember, there is a lot of good out there in the world, and it's in you. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow right here on The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.